What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome back, man. Morning, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good morning. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not the opinion of JFW. It's just our opinion. Going over episode 21, it had 226 plays. Not bad, Troy Hunt. Uh, cool thing about <clears throat> the stats right now is Canada is a regular listener. I notice they always have one or two listens a week. And we picked up Turkey. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a different place, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you pick up a new country like that, you think there might be one play. Like somebody hit it and was like, ah, screw this. I don't know what JFW is, but four downloads out of Turkey in one week. <laughs> wow. So, huh. And interesting then, if it was really somebody that used to work here or knows us. So interesting enough, I saw that Sal Sandoval, what's up, Sal? He started listening to the podcast. He's following it. So I shot him a text. I'm like, hey, where are you at? Because, you know, he's in the Army now. I thought maybe he's in Turkey. And he's like, oh, I'm up in Morton getting loaded or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, Jesse That's talked up. to me yesterday, and we need to give him a call. <clears throat> I thought about that as well. So I'm sure... Sal's listening. Sal, if you don't call us, we're going to call you. <laughs> I don't know why you're at Morton and any other truck than a JFW truck. So I had a busy week, guys. I want to apologize to you. I had to leave early or in the middle of the day the other day for a doctor's appointment. I got to leave early today for a dentist appointment. I got to leave at 3. And I was going to ask you guys if it was okay if I left at 3 o'clock every Tuesday because I'm joining this amateur autopsy club. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday is open mic night. <laughs> oh man. Open mic night. <laughs> Poor Mike. Ah, well, I got I got Where did you come up with that? <laughs> My dad jokes are becoming morbid. That's I don't know. But it is time for the dad joke challenge. Well, I got to change the subject, and I, I got to admit something, Jam. If you're going to start doing autopsies, you know, we talk about going in and out of the driveways fast and all this kind of stuff. And I got to admit, I actually have a fear of speed bumps. <laughs> wow. But I'm slowly getting over them. Ooh. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Boom. Your delivery's getting better, Jim. Thanks, <laughs> Dave. That was good. What do you get when you cross a polar bear with a seal? Hmm. Ah, polar seal, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you get a polar bear. <laughs> uh. Oh, Dave. <laughs> well, I don't know. I buy so much stuff off Amazon. I ran across a joke the other day. And Do you know what you call two monkeys that share an Amazon account? What? Prime mate account. Uh, Not bad. Dad jokes are pretty corny today. (laughs) That's that's what they're supposed to be, though. Yep. Uh, New drivers. Pleased to announce we got Juan Morales, Luis Rivera Calderon, and Mo Rendon Boardman. Welcome to the team, guys. Welcome aboard. Yeah, welcome, guys. Welcome, everybody. And some news down in dispatch. We have a new dispatcher started uh, Monday. And that would be Angela Kovac or Kovac. I'm not sure. I never did ask her. I, I haven't either. I, I've been pronouncing it Kovac 
Correct. Yeah, so, yeah okay. and I, I think she goes by Angie or either one, Angie or Angela. Yeah, yeah. I talked to Linda about that this morning, and I decided to go with Angela. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So Celebrations. Jesse Baez is turning 18 years old on March 24th. <laughs> Another dad joke. <laughs> uh, I don't know how old he is. He might be 26. <laughs> I think he's happy, older than that. Happy birthday, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Another year. You're turning into a fine young man. <laughs> Anniversaries. We got Benny Gonzalez hitting two years on March 16th. And then John Dean's got a big one coming up eight years on March 24th, tomorrow. So, wow. Happy anniversary, awesome. guys. Yep. Yeah, thank you, guys. John does a great job at night out there in the shop. Yeah, happy anniversary, yep. you guys. Yep. Yeah, gotta, both of them. I got to just back up a little bit uh, to Jesse there. Um, he sent me a birthday text a couple weeks ago or a week ago. It was oh, my nice. birthday. And, uh, you know, the remark about the 18 year old and stuff. His text <laughs> to me was uh, Jim, you're one step closer to diapers being mandatory. Just kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he was he was throwing the punches Jesse, a week ago. Jesse humor. It's so funny because everyone thinks, well, not everybody anymore, but for a while, like dispatch slut, Jesse was super innocent and, <laughs> and pure and just, yeah. you know, quiet. Man, Jesse, Jesse starts a lot of stuff around here. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of my grandma's thing that the still waters run deep. So you got uh, you to watch Jesse with yep. that. You got to watch him also because he's been going to the gym for about three weeks now. So if you see him, you know, he really likes if you like just push on his pack real hard or, you know, <laughs> grab his knee. He, he really enjoys that. No no pain, no gain. Yeah, no pain, no pain. Right, right Brother Dave? Absolutely. Uh, uh, let's see. Shout outs. Linda wanted to give Chris Beam a shout out. He was a 4 a.m. under the can the other day. His truck wouldn't start. So what did he do? He started it with his Jeep. That's awesome. It's a Jeep thing. Yeah, way it's to go, Chris. Thing, yeah, yep. yeah. And way that, to get off the island, Chris. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. Yep. Good problem solving. Yep. Chewy from Plant 2 wanted to give a shout-out to Pedro, Leo, and Thomas Nuanas for hustling and not messing around. So it's good to hear the guys are going in there, getting dumped off, and going back for another one. Yeah, good. absolutely. Good job, guys. Way to impress the customer. John Moore sent me a text the other day. He wanted to give Linda a shout-out. He was getting ready for work the other day, and unfortunately his cat started having a seizure right in front of him. So he called Miss Linda uh, to call out, but he could barely speak, and he called back a few minutes later to apologize. But Miss Linda said she knew what he was going through, and she, referring to the cat, is family. He stated, her empathy meant so much to myself and my wife at that moment. I just wanted to thank you, Miss Linda, for all you do for us at JFW. You are truly a godsend. For so many of us. Yeah, well spoken, John. She yep. helps all of us out in many ways. Mama Linda. Absolutely. And I want to give a shout out to the JFW family, uh, just in regards to our culture. More and more every day I realize that is something that we do right. And we work hard at it, but Jeremy Tuttle, we had him up here the other day for his uh, five-week culture meeting. I think we could call it that. And he had nothing but great things to say about Kurt Spencer and... Uh, Don Keller. Don Keller. Yeah, just said they were super helpful and did a great job and things were going really well and, you know, they just very nice. And then he wrote a half a day with Rick Colleen and same thing, just everyone's been super helpful and positive. And then I did uh, Jack Domenico and Fred Powell's reviews yesterday and they were just bragging about the, the culture as well. So 
you know, when we hear that we're doing that right and people are being welcomed with open arms and that, that makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, I guess the interviews with the guys, I don't know what you call them, but they've been really special, informative, and, and most of them have really bragged about the trainers, and that's good to hear. Moving on to the discussion, uh, I know, Jim, you, you wanted to make a retraction from the podcast last week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we talked about the tarps and tarping and stuff, guys, and uh, I had Chris Beam uh, mention it to me that with Mike in the shop and, and talking about the tarps and stuff, and obviously sometimes they break you guys and we have different things go on with them. Um, in the discussion last week, I talked about running with the tarps out all the time because when they're rolled in, they rub against each other, the bows rub against each other, and that's what tears the bows up or puts a hole in the pockets. And Chris reminded me that when he trains and then Mike in the shop is suggested and then other trainers train the same way, that when you get dumped to always roll that tarp in so that it's in when you get to the pit, most of our dump locations are fairly close to the shop. So if it's not working, you know, you can run by the shop or we can get some help. But if you get up to the pit, because most of the pits are a long ways away, like fair play, and it's rolled out and won't roll in, then you can't get loaded or it's very difficult to get the tarp rolled in. So just a retraction on my statement, I, I mentioned about running empty with them out and obviously, you know, running with them out loaded too. But I think the best way to do it or what Mike's come up with and Chris reminded me is truly the best way when you're empty is to make sure you roll them in or open when you dump so that no matter where you go, they're in and can get loaded in case they roll, won't roll out. So in once you're empty and out once you're loaded, you guys, would be the best way. Thanks, Chris, for the help and making that clear for all of us. Yeah, Chris has been stepping up with, with a lot of this stuff. I just like his approach when, when he has a problem or he doesn't understand something or there's a conflict or something to bring up. He, he's pretty matter-of-fact but very respectful and be like, hey, you know, we're getting a mixed message out there. Let's, let's get it straight. So great job, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Got a note from Dispatch. Please check your dispatch for contact info. We have some issues with drivers getting a dispatch and then, you know, they get down to the job site or they can't find it or it's not open. And right on uh, dispatch, it says, call this contact person. You know, dispatch can't help you. You got to call the contact person. Yeah. If you call and they don't answer, you need to leave a message because a lot of times if they don't recognize your phone number, they're not going to answer the call. And then if you don't leave a message, they're not going to listen to what you need. So make sure you read for contact info, check for any special directions or instructions. And then if you do call and you get an answer machine, leave a message. Yeah, and I think that message, if you when you leave it, you know, explain that you're with JFW, and again, they may not know that who JFW is, who the delivery person is, but maybe mention what you're doing on the delivery, that I have sand for you, or I have road base for you, or I have salt for you, and I'm with JFW. Just a few details in there, not this, hey, this is Bob, I got a load for you, give me a call. You know, that that's, doesn't help you out in your situation. Bob who? <laughs> Bob who? <laughs> uh, another dispatch item enter and scan your tickets i know we talked about it last week but we still have people not entering their tickets you also need to scan them and if you have problems with it 
please give Ann a call. Jennifer used to handle a lot of that, but Ann's taking care of it now. It's just like your truck. If it doesn't work, you got to write it up. If this doesn't work, you got to let somebody know, and that person would be Ann. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen Ann help a couple different guys with that, and I'll probably have to do a retraction on this next week, but um, (laughs) she suggested a couple of times to restart your phone or restart the app, reload the app, um, and it fixes a lot of the problems. I know she had one of the guys up here last week that it just was a glitch. It just showed the double checks, and it wasn't it wasn't scanning it or you know taking the picture of it. And I know I know she talked to you about it, Jam. So yeah, just give it a chance. And you know the other thing on that is we like Jam said we mentioned it last week. Please do your paperwork. That's we ask you to you know turn it in also, but do the paperwork in that phone. That's what needs to be done. It it helps billing. It helps. Uh, you guys with your payroll, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's a win-win for all of us when you guys do your paperwork through the app. Please do it. Absolutely. So what kind of weather do we got coming up? I know you got your finger on a pulse of... Beautiful weather. Yeah. 71 on Saturday. Okay. We're probably going to get pretty busy here, I think. I said this maybe a week or two ago, but I think the worst is behind us. And Dave, we should have bet a cheeseburger <laughs> because you and Super Dave swore it wouldn't get below 10 degrees... Remember that? Remember that bet? You're like, oh, we'll never get below 10 again. <laughs> and then we got to like zero or three degrees a few weeks after that. Oh, so, wow. Yep. And Sweet Lou's isn't in business anymore, so Wendy's is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> With us getting busy, you guys got to be on point, too. Make sure you're pre and post trip in and... You don't want to have problems with your truck in the busy season because that, that does hurt you and it hurts us. Absolutely. So, yeah, Time that- to be prepared. Yeah, the the good weather stuff to you guys, that means different pits will be open at different times. I think, oh, what is it, Ragsdale, they weren't open on Saturday, and now there was a bamboo that they're open on Saturdays, I think, with the warmer weather here are going to be their new summer hours. Uh, Dispatch will change from a 6 o'clock start to a 5 o'clock start, and, you know, maybe grabbing some early fry loads, and, you know, wherever we can push, there'll be more night pours, we'll... We'll get into a rhythm here where, you know, just like Jam said, you know, post-trip, pre-trips, you got to make sure you don't have any flat tires in the morning, you're ready to roll, we're going we're gonna to get to pushing. So guys kind of buckle up, you guys, going to be a, a good summer, a good year. I'm excited. JR pushed me this morning, said that uh, one of the drivers came up to him and he said he noticed that our trainers are not driving the way that they are training people and they're not doing the things that we get trained to do. They're not emulating our creed, and they're not leading by example. So everybody needs to be consistent. But if you're a trainer here, don't be a hypocrite. You know, if you are training your guys to let their trailer come all the way down before they pull away from a bin, but then when you're not training, you're you're asking guys to pull away from the bin at the third stage. That's not a good look for us, and that doesn't look good for you as a, as a JFW ambassador and a trainer. Be consistent funny you mentioned that jam being a trainer actually makes the trainer a better driver because i i went through that myself a long time ago because you know when you do things you're good at it you tend to just go and you tend to do things really fast and maybe cut corners right because it's faster and easier and everything then i stopped and thought you know these new guys after you let them go they're watching you yeah and then they're gonna learn to to pull away from the pile before the trailer's all the way down. Or 
I don't know. I can't think right off the top of my head, but there's dozens of things that you subconsciously do to go a little faster and to be a little smoother. Stay in the left lane all the time. Well, there you go. That's one of them, right? <laughs> you know, uh, Tell don't me. stop at stop signs. Roll yeah. right through them, right? Because yep. then you don't have to shift a couple more gears and you have a little more mm-hmm. me- momentum. But then when you think, wow, just like when you're raising your kids, these kids, I mean, if you cuss, your kids will learn to cuss. You know, so because you're held in a higher position and higher regard, you have to do it better, which in the end makes you better. It makes you a better driver. It makes you a better parent. It doesn't really matter. So keep that in mind, trainers. Eyes are on you. Yes, yeah, like right. the quotes we talk about all the time, Dave. You know, do the right thing even if no one is looking. Right. right. You know, I mean, that's nah. when you live your life by that. There's just generally never a problem, right? right? That's yeah. integrity. Yeah. Be who you are out in your truck. Make sure that's the same person you are when you're in the office. Right. You know, don't come in here and act one way and then go out there and do something different. Right. I don't know. If I have a CB mic in my hand, <laughs> I can take the low road a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with all that power. Right. All right. Let's talk about, uh, you guys want to talk about recognition and appreciation? I do. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Brother Dave, you want to you wanna take this one? Yeah, I hope I don't, uh, don't screw it up on, on as far as what all we've decided to talk about <laughs> and what all we haven't decided to talk about. So we didn't discuss that prior to this. So, yeah, I guess we can clear what we need to clear on here, right? Yeah, I'll delete anything we're not supposed to talk about. All I right. thought we had a pretty clear understanding, but let's, let's, let's see if we're on Just don't mention what was given out. No names and no mention of the the hardware. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yesterday we we uh, well let me back up. Several months ago, what our steering committee came up with is we are focused so much, so often, so it, it eats up so much of our time throughout the day dealing with problems that are happening at the time. Right. We're basically putting out fires, right? So we have this core group of people here that they're silent warriors. We don't ever have to deal with. They, they don't have complaints from customers. We're not calling and looking for them to see if they're going to come to work today. They haven't called out. They're, they're just, they're amazing at their job and what they do here for JFW and what that brings to the table doesn't give us the opportunity to deal with them or to give them any praise because we're so busy dealing with problems, these good people are, are just passing by and it's not fair to them. And that was really brought to our steering committee several months ago and we created a little project and it's it's the secret society of success is, is what we've called it. And it's, it's a group we celebrated yesterday, I, I think it was 26. 26 people yesterday Yep. Uh, that are our silent warriors. And we had a silent warriors luncheon and we brought 26 people in and we paid tribute to them. And uh, it was just really, really special. The, the criteria that they have to meet, you know, as, as far as they have to be here one year of service, they have to be accident free for the year, no unapproved time off, no call-ins or complaints. They have to emulate the creed and culture in every way. They don't complain, and basically, we just don't deal with them. They're they are 
you know, several people coined the phrase, uh, I call them rock stars. Linda called them the easy button. Jam, what was yours? Because I tried to mention it to Janet last night. <laughs> I don't think you have a quote I can recreate. <laughs> <laughs> I have it down as my final thoughts. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll, 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 we'll go with that then. So, yeah. Anyway, you know, these, these people, because it's not just drivers. The bulk of them were the drivers, but that's the bulk of what we have here at JFW. You know, we've mentioned several times, you're either a driver here or you're driver support. So we had, uh, I think of the 26 people, three of them were not drivers. Oh my gosh, it felt so good to celebrate those people because they don't ever get any recognition or there's no relationship with them because right. they're just rock stars. They are just truly rock stars. So if anybody else has anything to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I really enjoyed it. The whole thing was put together really well from Jim's invitation to Joanne setting up the, the luncheon, the food. I mean, the centerpieces on the table. Right. You know, the whole thing was a class act. And uh, the people that get a lot of recognition here, either A, we're, we're, we're constantly having to pour into them because of issues, or B, it's production. Like, oh, wow, that guy's, that guy's a grinder. That girl's a grinder. She produces. He produces. This group of people had nothing to do with production, although there was some producers in there. <laughs> it's just nice. Like you said, they're just so low maintenance. You know, how many times do they walk by us where we just say, hey, how you doing? You know, we don't have to pull them up at the office. We don't have to help them through something. Right. Not that we mind doing that stuff, but these guys are just silent warriors is silent exactly warriors. what you, you, you call them, and that's perfect. Safety topics of the week, we got following too close. This was actually brought to my attention by Aladdin. He's like, hey, Jam, I'm noticing uh, guys are just starting to push a lot again. And it's just really a pet peeve of mine. I've said this before. When you see guys following too close, I mean, it's just so dangerous. Just picture your family, your mom, your wife, your kid, somebody you like in that car in front of you when you're pushing on them like that. Yeah, I appreciate Aladdin bringing that up. Our new cameras, the Samsara cameras, are going to um, help us with this. They actually tell you how far away you are from a car or a truck. Um, we've been getting alerts with the three cameras we have, something like 0.7 seconds, 0.8 seconds. If you're doing 65 miles an hour and you're just barely over a half a second behind them, you don't have time to react. If something happens in front of you, it's going to be a problem. So... I'm excited about the AI for for the following distance big time because I think it's going to be an eye-opener for a lot of us, but also for the drivers. Fred Powell yesterday in his review, when he was talking about how he thinks he can improve, he was so humble. He's like, there's always ways to improve, but I'm anxious and excited about the, the artificial intelligence on these new cameras because I want to know how I could be a better driver. So I was pretty happy to hear that from Fred. Yeah, that is very cool. It's I'm super excited about that as well, Jim. It's just going to be, it's going to help everyone become a better driver. I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit, I'm sure there's things I could improve upon going down the road, you know, that you speak of the following distance, speeds, you know, who, who knows? I mean, there's so many things that'll make us better. And it, our perception in the public is key. You know, that's our, the public are is our, external customers, mm -hmm. you know, that we have to take care of. And, you know, if we can narrow down some of those phone calls on call-ins, that would be fantastic. The 
I would tell you the bulk of the call-ins we get, the majority of them are, are all factual. There's, there's a reason we got a call in and, you know, we did something wrong. Is it, you know, are you capable of being perfect absolutely every day? No, but the bulk of everyone is, you know, you can, we can all do better, I guess, you know, so the cameras I think are going to help provide that. Yeah, hopefully we won't get where we're overrun when we first put them in there where they're just so many of us have bad habits that AI is recognizing it as, as, a, as something bad, I guess. Hopefully, hopefully we won't end up being alert after alert after alert and we won't have to be bugging everybody too much. Well, it will start out that way. Um, the cameras that we have now started out that way. And then when people learn and they start getting involved and then the will to get better kicks in and then it drops off. Yeah. What's nice is there's different parameters uh, on the cameras to, so that, to set alerts for severe, moderate, or light, whether it be seat speeding or following too close or what have you. Distracted, well, not following too close, but distracted driving. So we could start off, my plan is to start off with the severe events and tackle those first, and then we could dial it down to, to you know, moderate yeah. You know, so I think that's a pretty cool tool. We could start, knock out the big things, but whether we're inundated or not with alerts, if that's going on, we need to be. We need to be getting those and we need to fight them, you know? So, absolutely. The nice thing about the cameras, too, is they're going to do some of the coaching for us. You know, you'll get an alert on your camera, increase following distance. You know, if you care, you're going to back off a little bit, you know? So. I don't know if I told this to you guys, but another cool thing about these cameras and this system is the safety scores can be publicized. Oh, so you nice. could get on your phone and see where you rank compared to the rest of the fleet and who's, who's being safe and who's not. And also fuel efficiency is also posted. And I know that's, that's a struggle just because we have trucks that do different things and not everybody's out you know, running, wanting to plant two all day. Somebody might be getting some, some yeah. dairy loads and better fuel, or you might be in a bulker and have a lot of idle time. But how cool is it where you could see how you rank safety-wise in the fleet? Yeah, what I'm excited about it is, I mean, not only does it identify all those things, but it, you know, it takes a snapshot or a video of the event when you're following too close. Right. And we can schedule it to be just emailed direct to that driver. Yeah. I know when we first got our cameras that we currently have, we would get an alert. We would have to download the video and, and see what was going on. Right. And, it, you know, it's always kind of funny. Several times we've had it happen where you call that driver and go, hey, you know, you didn't stop at that stop sign or, or whatnot. And, and you get a little pushback, right? Like, well, I stopped at that stop sign. And that's what's nice. You <laughs> just show the video and then it's kind of a change of tune. Like, right. wow, I guess I didn't stop at that. You know, and I think those are aha moments. You know, when I've had that happen to myself personally, when you have that aha moment, it makes you better. You know, you can't, you can't have to fail to be better a lot. You know, that, I think that happens a lot in life. And I, I think I, I'm just excited about all the opportunities we have to get better with these. All right. Questions from the audience. Aladdin, he was all over everything yesterday. First thing Aladdin wants to know is, Super Dave, how did you get your CB handle? Well, it's a funny story, actually. Um, you know, a lot of times people get nicknames not for the most positive reason. <laughs> <laughs> and this was quite a shot. Anybody that was watching TV in the 80s, they know who Super Dave Osborne is. And he was, uh, 
he was kind of a jerk. I mean, no, he was a comedian. <laughs> a comedian, he wasn't a yeah. jerk at all. Yeah, he was a comedian. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I wear a ball cap a lot, and he did too. And uh, I'm tall and skinny, and he was too. And so they they started calling me Super Dave, and it was a complete hack. And uh, so it kind of bothered me, you know, because I knew who this Super Dave was. And I'm like, man, they're hacking on me. And uh, Super Dave Osborne used to do stunts on TV, and he would, like, tie a chair on top of a bus and drive under a low bridge. (laughs) 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 And so they were, you know, definitely hacking on me, um, calling me Super Dave. But then as time went by, and this was some people like Doogie, and uh, Ron, Rick and Ron at the pit, you know, the loader operators at the pit, and everybody picked it up. And um, then as time went on, nobody, everybody forgot about Super Dave, and, and then it became a, kind of a proud name, that, yeah. uh, Super Dave. Super Dave, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, <clears throat> it wasn't at first, that's for sure. Yeah, I just kind of looked it up, Dave, because that question was in the, in the outline here, and he first... His comedy act of where he first brought the character up was 1972 is when he did his first. Wow. His first and it was on like, another show. It was the Dick Van Dyke show, Comedian oh, wow. Hour. And then, uh, and then, you know, when Super Dave started here, you guys, the show ran from 1987 to 1991. And uh, Super Dave started October 13th, 1992. So... For us guys running around in the trucks with Super Dave, the Super Dave show was fresh in our minds, so it was easy to <laughs> to kind of tease him about it and joke about it. But the interviewers always called him; they never said Super Dave. They called him the Super One, and you know that's always stuck with with Super Dave. Here is you know he's the Super One because he he could get he always whatever he did it turned out well, and that was always kind of the joke with Super Dave is. Like Dave just said, he'd tie a chair on top of a bus and go under a, a low bridge. And, you know, that was funny, but it always turned out good. You know, it, he always lived through it. So, yeah, that's, that's what I remember about it. It was more of a, a term of endearment always that no matter what happened, it always turned out good. And, and usually it was pretty funny, you guys. It was hilarious, yeah. The, some of the dumbest stunts you could ever imagine. He would perform, and then they would interview him afterwards, and he was always banged up, or you know, just like you said, Dave. They would put that that stunt dummy up there. Yeah. He'd go flying if they hit a wall or something like that. And I just glanced at one of the the clips. It's just an image, you know, and it basically they're interviewing him, and it it looks like he has no body. His head is just on two feet. And he's standing on grass like like something's happened to him, and he's got his helmet on. <laughs> it is just it is the funniest image, you know. And there's just a microphone in his face, and they're interviewing him. He's he's just a head and two feet. It's hilarious. Yeah, if you guys got some time, the you know obviously they're on YouTube. A lot of the clips uh, I watched the first episode, and he's racing through a parking lot and doing all this stuff, and then he ends up jumping through a like a billboard sign and. He flies out the passenger window, and the guy interviews him and tells him, hey, that was an amazing stunt, Dave. That was so fantastic, and all this other stuff. And he looks at the interviewer, and he goes, you know, that wasn't a stunt, and kind of serious about it. And the interview goes, oh, okay, well, thanks, Super Dave, and walks off, and Super Dave Osborne goes around to the other, the driver's side of the door and opens the door, and 
and uh, Ray Charles steps out, and that's the reason it wasn't a stunt. If anybody knows Ray Charles, he's blind, and he's famous. <laughs> and he's famous singer, but he's he's also blind, and he was. That was the funny part of it was he was cruising Super Dave Osborne around being blind, and that's yeah. reason you know Super Dave said, ah, it's not it's not funny. It wasn't a stunt. So yeah, you guys need to look at the clips. They're good. Good stuff. Aladdin also wants to know why we went with Packards instead of Cummins. Oh, yeah. He asked about that. I forgot. Yeah, so a couple reasons there. Uh, Two, mainly, basically, we looked at it as far as weight. The Cummins is significantly heavier than than the Packard motor. So, you know, everybody knows we're paid by the pound. And if you can knock 300 pounds off of one component on a truck and compile that with other components and save a thousand pounds on one truck versus another truck that you have you go for that look right and then the other big thing was fuel mileage all the cummins engines that we've ever had in the past past the packar engine gets much better fuel mileage well if we can get one tenth of a mile per gallon on one truck across the fleet that's huge i mean those numbers are staggering especially right now when we're approaching paying five dollars a gallon for fuel so it's kind of mind-boggling where we're at right now. Fuel mileage is just so incredible, and the idle time kills that. So, you know, we've talked about it. Jim's asked, and, you know, we're asking again just because I'm on that subject of fuel mileage. If you guys don't need that truck running, shut it off. If you're waiting at the pit to dump, or, I mean, waiting at the plant to dump, shut it off. If you're waiting at the pit to load, shut it off. There's just where we're at as a country and, and supplies. We're kind of now being told... Suncor has had a hiccup. I don't truly think it has anything to do with the nation, but our supply here in town is in a little bit of peril because uh, of some issues that Suncor is having currently. Uh, they're the only producer here in Colorado as far as a refining company. The rest of the fuel is all piped in. Uh, there's a couple places for that. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in dire need. If you guys can save us some fuel mileage and save us some fuel, please shut those trucks off. It's hard to see when a, you know, a truck pulls up to the garage door here and sits there and idles for 15 minutes while you're, you know, in grabbing a can of window spray right quick and you don't think it matters. Shut the truck off; it won't hurt a thing, you know. So we're at that time of year. You'll have a jacket on in the morning and fire it up and get going. So we'd appreciate that. Actually, this time of year is the best time of year because it's not super super cold anymore and yeah. it's not 100 degrees either. So right. you don't need the air conditioner running. And, uh, you know, you yeah. can turn the truck off and it stays warm inside because, you know, roll up your windows. It's like a greenhouse in there. Right. Yeah. What's up with Suncor, Dave? Do you know? I, I read an article in the paper the other day. Um, they're having issues with their um, pollution and what they're expelling into the atmosphere. And they're, the feds are coming down on them, wanting to fine them a whole bunch of money and stuff. So our fuel supplier asked Suncor what the problem was. And Suncor just said, we're just having some issues in an area, is what they said. That was mm. the reply. So I don't know what that means, Dave. We're we're in a state right now, not meaning Colorado. We're in a state, as far as our country goes, where clean air is the hot topic. And any way our legislators can get there, they're going to get there. And it's, you know, it'll impact us all. Which, I'm all for clean air and blue skies. I mean, I want it as bad as the next guy. But, you know, the the amount <laughs> when they write these articles how they can skew the information you know i just had an article sent across my desk yesterday 
and it said uh, trucks cause 40% of the nitrous oxide in the air and 30% of the, the I don't want to say carbon, but particles, the particulate in the air, and yet trucks are only 10% of what's on the road. And here's the deal, how they come up with those numbers, because you look at that, and I, I immediately just get frustrated and go, that's BS. That's BS. There's no way as clean yeah. as our trucks are, they're emitting those those volumes that they state. But the part they leave out is one of our trucks will run 500 miles here in the city. That's where they're getting the calculation. It may emit that much, but it's running that much. So those standards are actually extremely clean, but they're taking into account and hand-feeding you what they want you to see rather than if you drove that truck as much as Joe Bob drives his Nissan Pathfinder, it's probably every bit as clean as that Nissan Pathfinder, but we're doing 500 miles versus that Pathfinder is doing you know, say 40, probably maximum for the day. So the numbers, how they're presented, they're, they're tough to argue. You have to get to the bottom of them. And like I say, that's where we're at as a, as a country. I mean, it's clean air, clean air, clean air. And the U.S., we're a world leader, right? I mean, they're doing, the, we, the world is, is, the U.S. is doing everything they can in the world to promote clean air. The problem is pollution has no borders, and as the world spins, we could be picking up pollution from Russia or China or whatever. With the war going on, who knows what all is going up in the air over there. You know, China, they don't have nearly the restrictions we have. Look at all the places. That's the reason all of the production has gone abroad, because they don't have the rules we have. You know, every time Jim and I get to go back to a, an engine factory or Peterbilt or Packard or whatnot, I get so frustrated and... and you know, kind of banter with the, the people that are taking us because every other word they tell us, well, they've been doing it like this in Europe for years. They've been running this engine in Europe for years. They've been doing this in Europe for years. Well, that's fine and dandy, but they don't have the restrictions we do here. They're not running the after-treatment systems we have here that we're forced to run, that our government has forced on us because as a world leader, we're trying to promote cleaner air, right? The factory we were at when Jim and I were there, and it's been over five years ago now, which where the emissions is at now compared to five years ago is doubled in restriction. But why we were there in the factory and getting our tour of what what after treatment components our trucks had to have, there went five Freightliners down the line with old Series 60 Detroits that were invented in 1989 with the same restrictions they had in 1989 being built and shipped to Africa. You fire that truck up and mash the throttle, it rolls black smoke right out of the exhaust pipe, right? So we're building them right here in the good old U.S. of A. and shipping them out of the country to other countries. But we have the restrictions. They don't. You know. So it's, it's tough. We're, we're a world leader, and, and with that comes a price to pay. So you know, there's a lot of things to be touched upon and as, as far as what our restrictions are and how we can be better and, you know, gosh, where we're at as far as fuel supply and, and you know, the price of oil because of the war. And, yeah, it's, it, it can be overwhelming at some times it's for a bunch sure. Of politics. It, it is, Jam. It's, right. yeah, it's a world above where we're at for sure. Right. Yeah, I remember, Dave, the part about the pack car motors, about the fuel. I know we talked about that, but I forgot about the weight 
difference in the motor in the Cummins, and it was it was quite a bit because that was interesting when they finally married the transmission with that motor too on how much weight we saved in the you know combining the two pieces of pack car technology there even though i believe it's the transmission is actually a partnership between cummins and eaton which seems weird that <laughs> right. then it ends up a pack car transmission so yeah lots of even that stuff is political <laughs> between the companies trying to make the the best product yeah and you, you talk about the weights Correct me if I'm wrong, Jim. I thought the I thought the pack car was 300 pounds lighter than the Cummins. I thought it was right there, and then I thought the transmission when they developed the new transmission that we're running the pack car 12 speed that it was an additional 300 pounds. So, on one truck we saved 600 pounds weight. You know, if you just go to the pit as one guy, one driver, 600 pounds. Oh, that's not that much. 600 pounds. So I'm only hauling 600 more pounds rock one truck. That doesn't add up. Take that times 97. That's 58,200 pounds. So every round JFW hauls, we're probably delivering 58,000 more pounds of product than our competitor. Wow. So yeah, so every round. I mean, I can, I can do the quick math What in the normal load, 50,000 pounds. Right. Basically, so every it's a load. Just plain and simple. It's Absolutely. a load. So every it, round, we gain a load. A, yes. a load. Yeah, yeah. so we've... You know, average loads around town is probably five loads. So, you know, we just mm-hmm. delivered the sixth one for free, and it does count. Mm-hmm. Without that, you know, big horsepower and black smoke all over the place, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, it's hard to go to our legislators and go, hey, because of the lightweight componentry we've been provided, we're doing more work in less loads. We're, we're saving the atmosphere. We're, we're being better. We have less trucks on the road, and we're doing more work, but doesn't account for much when you put it to them that way. They go, oh, thank you. What else can you do? <laughs> right. Well, we're working on it because we're always trying to get better. We are. Be better. Right? We are, yeah. Absolutely. Efficiency and dispatching. That's right. You know, our, our Jim and I wouldn't have believed it. You know, and we were running the single wheels on the trailers for years and then we finally got the opportunity to, to go to the Michelin factory. And uh, it was funny, the, the first group of trailers we bought with those wheels and tire configuration, every driver that was pulling them went from duals with a V-bottom trailer that had ribs on it to a smooth side trailer with the single wheels. And they all joked at the time we were hauling massive quantities out of Vara, so we were always southbound, I-25 loaded, and we called the 120th North Glen Pass. It was just a joke, you know, kind of <coughs> kind of a joke that went along with the the Super Dave, you know? <laughs> and uh, everybody was like, I picked up a gear or half a gear pulling North Glen Pass. The truck just goes so much easier. And Jim and I just attributed it to the smooth-sided trailer having wind re- less wind resistance than the V-bottom trailer we were pulling with all the ribs on it. We were just... Never gave it a second thought. It's like, oh, this is more more aerodynamic. It's more efficient, right? Well, years later, probably, probably four or five years later, I don't, I don't know the time frame unless you remember, Jim. Do you? I mean, how long we had those trailers? It, it, it was a while, right? I mean, I mean, right? yeah. I mean, yeah. shoot, it was a long years and years went by, and we got the opportunity to go to the Michelin factory, and they took two identical trucks. I mean identical, and they kept these trucks within usually one to two miles of each other as they drove them every day. 
They changed the oil. They kept the brakes identical. They did everything. If they did something to one truck, they did it to the other to keep them identical. Yeah, they were within, identical. within pounds of each other, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were identical with the exception of one truck had the single wheels on the drives and the trailer, and the other truck had duels all the way around. And they, you would go test drive both trucks. You'd get in the first truck with duels. That driver or the, the guy in the passenger seat was your advisor. You would go around the track, and he would tell you, okay, we're going to go at this speed into this straightaway. When you get to the end of the straightaway, we're going to roll into the corner at, at 45 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour. When you would get there, you'd let off the throttle. And when you got to that point, and you'd go around the curve and not think twice about it. Then you got out of that truck and immediately, like literally walked out of that truck and got into the truck with the, the single wheels on it. You'd go through the course, go down that straightaway, and you'd hit that same corner. And when you lifted on the throttle for it to slow you down, it just kept going. <laughs> It just rolled as free as a jaybird, man. It just, you were like, you, you like, oh my God, we're not slowing down. And you'd reach over and grab some brakes, you know, and it was kind of funny because Jim and I drove independently of each other. And, you know, when we got to talking about it afterwards, the, the trainer over there that was educating us through the, through the situation and how to handle it, both Jim and I grabbed some brakes before we went in the corner. And he's like, oh, the good drivers grab brakes before they go in the corners. <laughs> he's like, I can tell you guys were good drivers. And wow. it was kind of funny. The other people that don't, they just they sail around that corner. And the, the advisor's sitting in that seat like, I'm glad I know we're going to make it through this. But it's just too <laughs> fast, you know. So it was kind of interesting. And that was an aha moment because those tires are, are what make what they call the green rating as far as going green uh, it's a big thing in trucking been around for probably well over five years now as far as i get behind it's kind of the smart way program and the and the green initiative because they get so much better fuel mileage mm -hmm. and that's that's just something that's big for us we've tried them in drive tire positions and they don't work but in the trailer position they're a success for us you know we've had a lot of success we there's some some fatal flaws when you have a flaw but I mean, the bulk of the time they work really well, especially with the self-inflation systems on them. So, what was the problem with the drive tires? How come they don't work as well? We can't get any fuel mileage out of them. I'm sorry, <laughs> life mileage out of them, gotcha. Jim. I, you know, and, and because due to the the miles, I mean, every set we tried, I think I think we may have barely gotten sixty to eighty thousand miles oh, wow. out of a set of drive tires. And you put a set of duels on there, and any more, we've increased. We used to only get eighty with a set of duels. Now we get 100, 125. I mean, it depends right. on the driver and the run, but I'm sure we have some maybe approaching 150,000. But our, our Michelins have been a success as and, far as those go. And do we get 200,000 on a set of singles on a trailer? The new trailer tires that we've switched to, the uh, their Bridgestone Great Tech uh -huh. tires, yeah, we wow. do, Jam. If, I, and it's like, what, like 225 wow. yeah, or 250? When you say that, Jam, that's with a grain of salt because you you have to keep that tire from being um, critically wounded, <laughs> right? Where where it can't be repaired anymore, bouncing into a curb or you know running right. over something, which sometimes if you pick up a piece of debris in the road, that tire can't be fixed because it's got so much stress on the shoulders. Mm. When we run into a repair that needs to be done on the shoulder of those tires, we send it into the tire company and actually have a, they call it a section done on it and it's it's basically a really big patch but it's designed it's installed by a professional and right. that's what they do we can't just take like a little nail hole in the center like we do here and right. buff it and clean it and patch it it's a little different scenario so yeah gotcha. yeah that michelin 
the factory and stuff and the, and the race course and the training center and all that, we actually learned something a little interesting too. We could challenge everybody, Dave, on if you have a two-wheel drive car and you can only afford to put two tires on the car and, you know, you'd like to replace all four, but you can only put two tires on the, on the car, where are you going to put them in the, on the car? Where is the best place to put the tires on a two-wheel drive car? I'll just throw that out there and you, ask. You put them on the two wheels with the most worn tires? <laughs> <laughs> That's almost a dad joke, Dave. <laughs> and, and, and then you rotate them to where, Dave? <laughs> Is the question. You I don't put know. them both on the left side. <laughs> yeah. That's only, only if you're the UPS driver, right? Only making lefts? Huh, I mean... I guess you would put them on the tires that turn. I mean, they all turn, but that are driven. Yeah, right. like if it's a rear-wheel drive car, put them on the rear or That's what or I would whatnot, think. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah you, well, you don't. <laughs> and and, and I, I, that's what I said too, right? right? That's your traction tire. That's your spinning right. tire. You want to get going, all that kind of stuff. And so they, they had two cars set up, and they had one with just – crappy old tires right on the front and, and it was rear wheel drive cars um, but they had terrible tires on the front and you'd go out in the on the track and he'd tell you get it up to i don't know you remember dave 50 60 miles an yeah. hour and you try to make the first curve and you sail it right out in the dirt man yeah. just he'd just let you drive it right out in the dirt and uh then uh i'm sorry that was the front tires on the front tire you could you could go right around the corner i, I misspoke it you put if the new tires were on the, the front, front, you yes. got right around the track. Yeah, right around the track, no problem. And uh, so then they'd put the the bad tires uh, up front, and you'd take off, and man, you you couldn't steer around any one of the corners. You'd go out in the dirt. You'd go out, and well, that makes sense. Yeah, he it, he would let you just sail it right out in the field. Man. Yeah, he'd let yeah. you do it. And and uh, Dave's turn came up to drive. It was kind of funny and. And uh, they had the the bad tires. Was it on the front, Dave, or it, on the, in the back? In the they back. Had in the back. And uh, Dave, of course, went around the first corner and got up to speed. And he just drifted the whole corner and uh, went all the way around. And never drove it out in the mud. And the guy was like, "Do you race cars? Do you, do you have any kind of racing background?" And I think Dave's answer was no. But I screw around a lot. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, by the way, all the cars that we tested out there at the Michelin plant, this is just kind of a, you know, useless piece of knowledge here, but they just go to town and rent a car in town, the Michelin dealership does. So they would come back with like five Hertz rentals. Right. They had tires ready to go on them and they would swap them right out. But you were driving the shit out of those rental cars. <laughs> it was funny. Beware when you go to Hertz to buy your right? next car. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Only been out in the dirt yep. once or twice. That's why it hurts to rent from Hertz, right? <laughs> Soup, you got a high road hauling for us? I do. You know, this week we're going to touch on the human spirit. How can we understand something universal to every human, but so difficult to grasp? The human spirit defines what it means to be human. When you begin a quest to define this thing called the human spirit, it can leave you with a powerful thought. The human spirit offers us the ability to preserve in the face of adversity, loss, anguish, uncertainty, fear, or even death. It enables us to build confidence in our beliefs and to hold strong when we think we can't hold on any longer. Each of us struggles with limitation in a very personal way. 
Our perceived limitations shape our actual potential. In striving to realize our full potential, we encounter the source of our purpose and our failure. From that intangible space between mind and heart emerges the human spirit. The deepest desire of our heart is rarely a straight and easy path. We very often have to encounter the failure before we can taste success. There are times when we cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel and therefore do not believe our ability to overcome. Simply not knowing how to move forward can make the strongest person want to quit. This, however, is not being true to oneself. Settling for an easier path at the expense of our heart's joy will diminish the human spirit. Each of us can be an example of what is possible and by virtue of that inspire others. One of the best ways to do that is by our own excellence. When we overcome limitations, we will change not only our own perspective, but others as well. With the determination of our human spirit, one day, despite all odds, we can accomplish everything we set out to create. And the uh, quote this week, the human body has limitations, human spirit is boundless by Dean Karnas. Something to keep in mind today when you're undertaking a challenge, the, the human spirit will get you through. Awesome. Boy, isn't that the truth, Dave? Man, Dave, you just described like old age. <laughs> my right. body thinks it can do it, or my body can't do it anymore, but my mind thinks it can, and then I go, oh man, I just pulled that, or that hurts, or my shoulder hurts, or something today. But then it's the spirit that gets you through it, all it, that pain. It, I, have a, I have a lot of spirit, Dave. <laughs> That was a big thing is spirit animals, huh? Yeah, right. A little corny. What right. kind of dog is your spirit animal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What could torture me the most, let me think? <laughs> Picture you as a little Yorkie or something. <laughs> a Bichon for yeah, years, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, final thoughts, guys? Yeah, we talk about the, the trainers and, and uh, all of us and stuff like that. And then you guys touched upon the the luncheon we had with the silent warriors and uh i was a little quiet during that that piece there just trying to soak that all up of the of their silence and what they do in their silence that has so much power when when they're out doing what they they do best the job and i was just thinking it, it means to me you know apply what you learn is you're in that space of you study and you study, and then you and then you practice, you know. And and as we have a new guy, we we teach him, and they study, and then they might spend weeks practicing, you know, because they keep getting better and better at dumping or or going around corners or backing up or whatever. And then it, and then at some point, everybody becomes that teacher, you know that. And they don't they don't call themselves a teacher. They don't they don't plan to be a teacher, but. They can show somebody, they can, they can back up and maybe somebody watches them back up and silently they've taught you something, they've, they, they teach you something. So, you know, the, the quote here is, you need to make an effort to apply what you learn actively. As you apply this principle, over time it will become part of you. Put your learning into practice and teach others around you through your experience of creating success in your life. So I kind of just want to thank the guys from the, the luncheon yesterday one more time of 
what they've taught me in my life is is the success they create by just going out and getting the job done and and working hard and not complaining and and you know not calling out and and just just being heroes and and uh you know superstars and so thanks guys one more time for me and uh hopefully the the mysteriousness of of the luncheon and stuff like that will spur questions and you guys will have that you know weren't invited to the luncheon um there's there's the qualities that Dave mentioned will will have you step it up and there's a lot of guys out there that will meet that first qualification uh Jam I know you've spoken to us quite a bit that that one year of service we got some good people coming up that that we'll have to recognize and we'll have to we'll have to do that in a big way absolutely 100% yeah for sure uh the the wording on what we created there the silent warriors I just hadn't put much thought in it and it was an aha moment when I was listening to Jim just now and that silent part you know in my head when we started the program I was thinking because we don't hear from them they're the silent warriors that was my assumption of how it was and then my aha moment when Jim was talking about it just now silence is powerful Mm -hmm. it is so powerful I mean think about it it's so powerful it says more than words do. And what I mean by that is when we bow our heads for a moment of silence, that's more powerful than saying something. When you get a hundred people and bow their heads to be silent for a minute, that's incredible. You know, you can you can do the corny version and say when you go to a movie, silence is golden, not hearing other people around you, right? So you can hear the movie. There's the silence in that is powerful and that's that's kind of an aha moment for me. So those are my final thoughts. Like it. Yeah, uh, just to add that, Dave, uh, me and Jam talked about it the other day, and uh, we mentioned when we have our meetings in our steering committee, and a lot of you guys, when you've spoke with us, that the we call it the Navajo stick. When somebody's talking to you and they somewhat interrupt you, or or you know you interrupt them, the the Navajo. If I have the story right, hopefully I do. The the Navajo people held it in reverence to let somebody speak and finish what you were saying. And they, they sat there or stood there or they kept their silence trying to show the person that everything you said means so much to them. And then when you were done speaking, they would always take just a second of silence again to speak back to you showing that they they soaked up what you had had to say and i think that's that's so hard when i I spoke to jam about it when somebody talks to me i i have a thought and it pops in my head and i want to interrupt them and i want to go oh but what about this you know and as they talk and you're holding your silence then there's another something they really good they say and you you want to answer that and and jump back in there and and pretty soon you have all these thoughts that this person's given you and you're like Okay, what was my original thought? And right, the the silence is so hard to hold and, and create that reverence. And you know, like Dave just said, and the the group, the Silent Warriors, and and uh, I see it in front of me right here. Jam's <laughs> final thought, and we've we've led you to there, Jam. Right, <laughs> right. right, and and it and it's powerful. 
It so, is. Yeah. So I'll let you. I'll let you finish. But the the communication piece that you're talking about, right? Speaking is the easy part of communication. It's a it's a listening. Yeah. That's hard. You yeah. Know, so just, just ask your wives. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I, That's yeah. Why they give you two ears and only one mouth, right? <laughs> right. So you can listen twice <laughs> as much as you speak. Yeah. There's a dad good one, wisdom Dave. to go with the dad joke, <laughs> right? That's right. old. Dave, did you have a final thought before I throw yeah, this quote out there? Yeah, I, I do. I want to touch on the um, silent warriors as well. And a lot of people are going to say, "Well, geez, how come I wasn't invited to the to the lunch?" And Every time, you know, you you think about your strengths and your weaknesses, not everybody is really great at everything, right? And research has proven that you will have greater success by working on your strengths. Everybody wants to improve weaknesses, but if you're really good at, let's just say, hitting fastballs, you can hit more home runs if you practice hitting those fastballs. And so I just want to encourage everybody out there, Practice your strengths, work on those strengths, work hard to be the best at what you're really, really good at, and you will get recognized at some point. by. And also work on the skills that take no effort, like uh, Brother Dave was talking about last week. Kind of work every day. Right. Right. Have a good attitude. Right. Those, right. those were things considered in this luncheon, you know, in this secret society yeah. of silent warriors. So Yeah, 10 things you can do with absolutely no skill. That was it, right? yeah. Not yeah. the skills that take no effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, does I've, it take effort to come to work on time? I mean, I guess it yeah. does. You have to wake up, right? I finally butchered one of your things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it feels good. Bef- but, before you jump in there with your, your final thought, Jan, not to get off track, and you know, I, I guess I was also silent in that because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And, and Super Dave, you just brought it up. If there's people that wonder why they weren't invited there's there's just quite the criteria of you know not complaining not not just being upset about what you do every day and and only contributing positivity i mean we we went over that when we looked at the the 26 people that we we invited to the luncheon is i i guess the full package you guys mm-hmm. i i want i want everybody to realize that these 26 people brought the full package of what we're we're after and i guess if you're if you're one of those people that's wondering why you you weren't invited you have to look at the full package your your full package maybe and just to be clear we want everybody to be included oh my gosh i mean if we if we had to have 103 people there the next time we do this that would make us happy oh my gosh jfw would be even more amazing than it currently is and when we talk about silent warriors we don't mean don't speak up we do want to hear from you of course there are guys out there that say nothing and they weren't part of that they were part of that group but you do have some important stuff that we would love to hear being engaged is important if you have a problem we want to know about it but if you're just complaining about your dispatch or something that's what we mean by silent as well. And uh, the quote, the, the build-up to this, did you have something else, Dave? You no, just me? when you were talking about that, Jam, I'm, you know, I'm just sitting here like, <laughs> what are some of the things that are annoying and I, I, I just shouldn't get into it? You know what I mean? Because gotcha. this is a positive podcast and we yeah. just need to stay with that. But 
But if, if but <laughs> nope, not not doing the podcast, my butt is. But if you're wondering why, <laughs> come to us. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and let let's have a meeting. Yes. You know, let let's discuss it with you. Let's we're we're here to to be better, and we want to we want to explain what what our decision was. And yeah. and Jam, when you <laughs> like Dave said, the aha moment. When when you just said if we had a hundred people like that or you know a hundred and forty people here, I, wow. I feel like I'm out of a job, right. right, Jim? I you know what I thought? I have so many dreams. That dream is so great, huh. I can't even conceive it, Jim. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like oh my gosh! And you know, seriously, yesterday it was. I didn't have to speak. Jim asked if I wanted to. You know, halfway through, or if I wanted to, you know, do a part of it, and I. It was emotional for me. I literally kind of stepped back like, wow, I am so proud at this moment that it it was, I fought back tears. You know what I mean? There was, there was, there was emotion welling in me because I was so proud at that moment because we haven't had the opportunity to praise these people and they're amazing. They are amazing, you know? And yeah, just, I mean, I get emotional right now. Yeah going back in time to yesterday and, and being there and hearing the emotion in, in Brother Jim's voice and your voice yeah. and knowing what was put into that. We worked on that for months. Right. That wasn't like, okay, let's celebrate these guys next week. Right. It was a well thought out, the people that were on the list. And honestly, I, I do recall there was one person on the list that we were considering never had an accident, was here on time every day, never missed a day of work, Right. But the attitude part, right? You know, not a JFW ambassador, right? So that one hurt, you know, to see somebody that has the skill but not the will, right? You know, so yeah, emulates the creed and culture, yes, in every way, yeah. you know, and in, you know. in, in every way. And and yesterday, you guys, some of the good points Jam just brings up here is we got to cheer for those people and. You talk about the motions, and that's one thing that I, that I enjoyed, Jim and Dave and Super Dave, was to being able to cheer, to clap, to go, yeah, well, yeah, baby, right? Yeah, you just it fires you up. That's that's what I enjoyed too, yeah, to one. to cheer, taking the time to recognize the people that are outstanding, rather than as Jam always says, pour your energy into the people that are need counsel right yeah but it, let's throw that butt in there jam said it earlier we're here for you yes if you need that if you have a problem we are a hundred percent here for you and we are always here for you but we got to take a small piece of our day and celebrate these other people yeah and those people could have problems like if you have a, if you have a problem come to us that yeah. wouldn't exclude yeah, yeah. you from this group we we you want know. to be better when you and are the problem <laughs> <laughs> there's a good one yeah, yeah i mean we want to be better if by helping you we're yeah. better by helping you you're better right i mean yeah. so let's let's take a person that that this is a goal that if it takes them 3 years to get there so be it let's get them there let's help together to get yeah. them there so by that's, the way that's part of the creed i'm i'm kind of digressing here a little, or yeah digressing a little bit but getting back to the mental health stuff we talked about last week not a single person contacted me okay you know one one person i talked to about it but he wants to help people but nobody reached out for help okay 
Brother Dave, I love your idea of having a therapist here on staff at JFW. Maybe that would help people you yeah. know, where they would feel more comfortable saying, hey, I got a problem. Or everybody that listens to the podcast is perfect <laughs> and nobody needs help. And pretty soon we'll be celebrating everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, sometimes again, so Jam, it's that, you know, when you're afraid to reach out for yeah. help. You, well, it might be more of a one-on-one thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to meet with a group of people that I work with and tell them my problems. I get it. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. We, we also mentioned, that, you know, I think I told you, Jam, and me and Dave met with uh, some corporate guys from Kenworth were mm-hmm. out. And that's a, that's a big corporation, right? And we asked those two guys, we shot our idea past them about having somebody come in that you could speak with. And when they came, when they, their answer to that is not so much the mental health. They said, that's fantastic. But like a life coach where you could have, you know, mental, mental, <laughs> there's a good word. I think that's between physical and mental. I'm Googling, Actually, I'm Googling it. I, that could become a word. Yeah. That's really pretty yeah. good. Let's, let's I have a mental issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So there's another retraction. <laughs> um, so physical, mental, and uh, posi- po- possibly financial help. Right. So a life coach. I love Jim, it. you got a lot of editing to do today. <laughs> I'm letting it roll, baby. <laughs> uh, so you yeah. guys all be good on your menticles. <laughs> yeah. Spiritual too, you know, spiritual yeah, health, spiritual. Yeah. mental health, physical health, financial health. Let's be healthy. Let's be fit. You know, it's all part of the big picture. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Being better. Yeah. How, how can you be better unless you have, have things in line or try to get things in line? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, my final thought is a quote. It isn't my quote, and it's an anonymous quote, but uh, the, the quote is, work hard in silence and let your success be your noise. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Have a great week. Woo!